music ha 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 yeah Sure I do. I'm from the streets where the hood swallow on me, bullets will follow on me. There's so much coke that you can run the slalom. The cops comb the shit top to bottom. They say that we are prone to violence, but it's home sweet home. Where personalities clash and chrome meets chrome. Coke prices up and down like it's Wall Street home. But this is worse than the Dow Jones. Your brains are now blown all over that brown brome. When slip, you are now gone. Welcome to hell where you are welcome to sell. But when the shells come, you better return them. All scars, we earn them. All cars, we learn them like the back of our hand. We watch the cops hopping out the back of van. Wear a G on my chest, I don't need that for damn. This ain't a sewn outfit. Holmes, Holmes is about it. Was clapping them flamers before I became famous for playing me. Y'all shall forever remain nameless. Cheers. Cheers, man. And welcome to another episode of Marlin vs. Marlin. And I'm your boy Marlin. And I'm your boy Marlin. Join us as two childhood friends go back and forth, argue, fight, debate, uh, sometimes maybe even agree on everything from sports to pop culture and everything in between. All right, today's episode we'll get into all of the the NBA action that's been going on, the NF or I'm sorry, the NBA uh, offseason, the trades, the draft. We'll get into all of that. Who we think. Uh, should have went where? Who should have went number one? We'll get into all of that stuff. Um, first and foremost, happy Thanksgiving to everybody. Uh, hopefully you have a safe and uh, healthy uh, happy Thanksgiving. I know this Thanksgiving is going to be different for just a lot of people. We're not able to gather as we want to travel, as we want to, and all that. So, uh, But happy Thanksgiving to everybody from Marlin vs. Marlin. Um, we just opened up with Jay-Z. I want to start a little bit different. Um, Salute, Dre. We, we did have... The Jeezy and Gucci battle, and we'll get into that in a second. But if Jay Z somehow did a versus, could anybody come close to what Jay Z can do? No. I mean, anybody? I don't. I don't think we'll ever see it. For one, it doesn't make any sense for Jay Z to do this. Like, there's not enough money in it, and there's not really any competition. Unless he's making millions. Yeah, which I don't think they're making millions off of this. Maybe not the artists themselves. Maybe maybe Swiss and Timbo getting some money, but. Um, I don't think they money that long. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I know they they especially with 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 both of them. I mean, they're all behind the scenes with a lot of a lot of these songs, and I think it would be great if we can see Swiss and uh, Timbaland possibly do a versus with you know just as Teddy Riley and Babyface did. We didn't know that they had their hands on yeah. uh, a lot of the songs, so I think that would be, dope. be dope. I think the only person that can really give Jay Z a little bit of of competition is Drake. Just because all Drake's hits are current still, for the most part, the past you know five six years, maybe a little bit more, but mm-hmm. all recognizable and still more current than some of Jay Z's hits, like that right there, like that's before Drake even thought about rapping. Probably. Right, still, you know that was saying? I think that was before the grassy days. So, so yeah, yeah, it would be tough. It'd be tough. I, I would like to say Wayne, maybe, but I don't. Even, I don't even think Wayne. If the mixtapes are allowed to be played, Wayne can for sure compete and and stay with him. But well, see, I don't think. But it's it's not I the love same mixtape Wayne. Yeah, it's just not the same. It's like, not. And I mean, especially I think, with Carter Five and too. Carter Five and on down, I don't think he's been the same Wayne as he once was. We we were just not, and it kills me to say that, but you know, hey. And we saw it kind of mixtape because Gucci. Uh, is kind of a mixtape guy and it had a lot of mixtapes. Jeezy too. But those just don't hit the same. And Because the mixtape 
it's like a niche audience. You know what I'm yeah. saying? There's a lot of people that don't know about drought, drought three, drought. You know what I'm saying? You Dedication. Are. You know what I'm saying? There's a lot Kill of people yourself. that don't know about these these things. Sorry for the wait. Like it's a lot of them. It's a t- he, his cat and no ceilings. He's actually working on no ceilings three. And if you haven't listened to no ceilings, uh, I'm sorry, um, the dedication six and dedication six reloaded. Though that's the most recent mixtape that he came out with. I want to say about maybe two years ago, maybe three. Um, but when you look at no ceilings, no ceilings two took a little fall, but uh, no ceilings three. He actually confirmed that that's coming, and he has a song with Lil Baby. I think he's probably gonna have Drake on there. I'm sure. So he'll he'll definitely try to give us what we had in the first no ceilings but i mean the carter two and the carter three are his really his best two albums so if that's all you have to come with to looking at what jay-z has 12 to compare 12 albums and that's not counting watch the throne or the best of both worlds with our Kelly. like bro wayne might have 12 I might have like ten or twelve with his mixtapes thrown in there. No, he has he has about ten or twelve because he has all the Carters. He had a was it five hundred degrees? Five hundred degrees. That's six. I'm not a human being. One. Um, he ha- he has probably about ten, maybe twelve, and then some of his recent stuff. If you want to put that in there, is with funeral. Um, so he has he has albums, but. They're, up until Carter 3, 4, after that, they're all irrelevant at that point. But Wayne has Wayne has albums. But And see, they're throwing mixtapes in there. No yeah, ceil- see, and, and I really hate that they put No Ceilings as an actual album, which was only 12 songs versus the full and No Ceilings mixtape. it was a mixtape, though. It was a, I mean, it could be just tr- maybe a money grab because he doesn't... Yeah. Everything goes straight to Dat Piff, wherever you get your mixtapes from. Yeah. But... I personally don't like you took half the songs out. It just didn't. The vibe was just wasn't the same. I, um, I love Wayne, but this ain't cutting it, bro. This ain't getting it done. Like <laughs> you said, like you said, Drake. And even even some might even put Eminem in that category or Kanye. Hell no. Maybe I, Kanye. But, Ka- Kanye might, but, but after I think Kanye after two or three albums fell off. Like it was a it was a completely different sound. After he, graduation, he's come yeah. Back here and there, but it's not. And for me, it was yeah graduation. Graduation, 808s and Heartbreak, and then uh, My Beautiful, Dark, Dark Twisted Fantasy. Like that was that was left. And then you got Yeezus and yeah. just all that. So that's not competing with Hov. Hov got twenty plus years, bro. I know of number one albums with, you with know, hits on each one, though. And you know he has at least three, four albums just ready to drop. Like you know it because the last thing he put out was what four forty four. So you know he has something ready. To, to come out whenever he's ready to, to release that. Probably going to release something with his wife. Um, oh, yeah, that's about that time. Of course, with with the Carter. So they may do that. And I'm pretty sure you know when they open up these stadiums, they're going to be one of the first tours to drop. That's probably what they so, right now. Exactly. Because that's normally what most people do. The weekend, actually, was he, he had his, but then obviously COVID happened. So, I mean, that's the best way to do it. You can get your album sales up and they get a free ticket whenever they buy a seat. So, um or get a free album set whenever you buy a, buy some tickets. So, but anyway, so who you think won with T T I? I mean, I'm sorry, Gucci and uh, Jeezy. Man, I don't. I was nervous the whole battle. I'm watching it like you just knew something might pop off. This is about to jump off, and I want to say this too because I was looking at it the whole time from Jeezy's point of view. Like, how is Jeezy gonna stand in the room with this man who you know alleged, not even allegedly, he he beat the case. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, you, you could talk about it. Um. 
how is he gonna stand in the, in the room and across from this man who put one of his friends in the dirt? Yeah. And then I'm watching the battle, and he keeps talking reminding him, talking that about I it. put your boy that you sent to me in the dirt, and I will do it again if you want. You know what I'm saying? And we gonna smoke his his kush all night, everything. Yeah. And I, I think one of the main things is yeah. at least far as with. With Jeezy, I mean, he did prove, like, hey, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a grown man. I'm a grown man stuff. It's been 15, 20 years. I'm trying to just resolve what we have because this is bigger than us because we see a lot of the younger generation, unfortunately, getting killed. Nipsey and Pop Smoke and, and you know, King Von, all these guys just getting Mo3. We're, we're seeing it happen. Boosie almost, you know, he got shot here in Dallas. So, I mean, it's when you see things like that, it's like I understand with him being the bigger person, but I don't – I'm sorry. If you – killed one of my friends, one of my best friends. I can't, it's going to be hard for me to sit there. I don't care how long it is down the road. It's going to be hard for me to, but, and see, that's how I was looking at it too, up until the, the battle, right? And then I started thinking about it like, like for those who don't know, Jeezy, uh, this is allegedly, put a 10K hit out on, on Gucci mm-hmm. Mane. And if you saw in the battle, he made a lot of references to the amount ten thousand, whether it was outfit, whether it was this, whether it was that, and and I started thinking about it from his point of view. It takes just as big of a man to stand in a room with somebody who put money on your head, like at a time where we was, you know, really about that, like where people were losing their lives, and this man put money out on me, on my head, a bounty basically. So I'm thinking, like, you know, like. He's just as commendable in all of this, you know what I'm saying? Because that's crazy too. Yeah, like he got off on the murder trial because it was self defense, like not because I killed your homeboy, but you sent your homeboy to kill me. You know what I'm saying? So it was like I'm sitting there now. If we talk about who won, it who won? I think Jeezy's music won. I think Jeezy had for sure has a better songs. I just, I'm glad it got through. And then I saw the videos of like how Gucci came, like strapped AR security down, uh, uh, door to door. Outside the car. Yeah. And, you know, it's just like you said, man, we living in a time, especially in hip hop, where um, it's it's crazy out there. It's crazy. And and yeah, Dre, I'm, I'm like, I think Jeezy was grown for that, but I also, like I said, you got you got to give Gucci some credit too for somebody who had put a hit out on you. Yeah, and you basically are, you know, forgiven that. They, I mean, Jeezy has a song with Ross called "War Ready," and in the song that they have in in Jeezy's new album, "Recession 2, uh, they they say a lot of "War Ready, War Ready." That's like their little inside thing from the song they had on on. Um, from from the song that they had on Ross's album, but it seemed like Gucci was more war ready than than Jeezy was. So yeah, Jeezy I mean, he Jeezy had like came, fifty people with him. <laughs> Jeezy came ready to show that you know a, a a strong force with two you know prominent black men in Atlanta, and we you know we better than whatever happened. Yeah, Gucci came ready for whatever, anything. I mean, and you know everybody was. He started out the battle with a song with that it looked like he wrote a week that ago. night. Yeah. yeah, like it was definitely for that night. But like, yeah. And then I thought it was gonna be all right. Like he was like Gucci first G round one, Gucci verse Jeezy, and then the the actual verse start. And I was like, oh, whoa, disrespectful. <laughs> I was like, oh, this is what we're doing tonight. And, and Jeezy just sitting there nodding his head. It's like I will say that though. 
you caught both of them nodding their head to the other one's music at mm-hmm. times. Like, and I was glad at the end they did icy to kind of to wrap it up, and then Gucci came out with his uh, little all of his greatest hits, if you will, all on one. And so icy was the last song. So I'm at least glad they can do that. They, I don't see them in the future being like a Drake and Meek Mill doing songs and collabs together. I personally don't see it, but I mean, I think they will. We'll, we'll see what the future I holds. Think they will. I, think I know for sure they ain't meeting up in no studio. I think you might even see a I concert. I doubt it. With, I doubt it with them too because it's d- a lot of money to be made. And, and and what what Gucci and Jeezy said, um, actually Jeezy, I should say, in interviews in the next day, he was talking about how much money they lost out on, not only in Atlanta but like nationwide because people wanted them. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. They had a very similar sound at the same time and they were both prominent from Atlanta. So I think I think they'll get they'll make money together is what I think. We'll see. We'll see, man. But I'm I'm just at least glad nobody got shot. Nobody yeah, no shots were fired. No, no, no fighting happening. That yeah. Was, it was a lot I of mean, guns. And Jeezy had or Gucci had a ton of people with him. So and it was crazy because towards the end and then we'll get into football, but it's crazy because towards the end it felt as if Jeezy wanted to walk over and shake his hand, but Gucci was he just kind of had his back turned and this and that. But it, it felt like it was to that point where he was he was trying to extend the offer to come and, and handshake, but I don't think Jeezy was having it. So and, and, and that's or Gucci thing, was having was, it. I think it was good enough. Like what we saw, I think mm-hmm. them playing so icy together, them you know having a conversation at the end about extending the olive branch and reaching out. Like right, right. I think. I think the from the way it started to where it finished, I was I was impressed on both sides. Yeah, because uh, Gucci was like, "I told you what I'm playing. I told you my music." Like, mm-hmm. yeah, don't. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's, that is what it is. I'm, I'm just glad we were able to do it. We got it, so we're good. So, um, uh, I would can I'll, yeah, before yeah. we move on, yeah. I would have rather seen his his verse Ti's his, but I understand the reasoning behind what they did, mm-hmm. and I think it was because there's certain. And that's the thing, even, but I don't even, with with the way T.I. is dismissing people, you know, throwing challenges at him, he probably could feel that Jeezy wasn't on his level either. Yeah, Jeezy so, showed he had a lot of hits, though, because he played some stuff that, or he didn't even play some stuff that could have probably made a lot of people's top 20. But that's how it is, because even with Ross and 2 Chains, some of them, Nelly and uh, uh, Ludacris, I, my fault, it, it pissed me off, <laughs> Nelly was playing some trash up there, but... He even had some hits oh, too, so I did, man. Nelly was, yeah. So, anyway, but that's people. People forget like the hits. No, but but twenty songs is a lot of songs. But it's not when you think about it. For somebody like Nelly, I I can't think of 20 Nelly songs that's just going to have me rocking. Like, once you start getting the Shake Your Tail Feather and all that kind of (laughs) stuff, like, I'm cool. And I was a Nelly fan in 04, like 2000. But you you got to think. When you look at his album, you got Country Grammar album. That had at least about 20 songs on there. You had... um, But not 20 that you bring into a versus battle. That's the difference. True. But I'm just saying, just his category of music. And you had all your stuff with St. Lunatics, if you want to put that in there, too. So. Songs. They had some. They, they had some up. decent. They had a couple songs. Twenty, 20 hits is a lot of hits. It is. It definitely is. So, but I, and but it's hard for you to narrow down one. If you have over a hundred songs that are put out, which could be five, six, seven albums, it's hard to narrow that down. And also, too, you may want to play some of your newest stuff too as well. And a lot of the stuff that that Gucci was playing, it's like I don't even remember that song. 
Like, and then Jeezy even said it. He was like, man, I don't even know what song that is, man. Come on, let's go. Let's run. So and that, I, I did like how they was kind of taking shots back and forth. Gucci was like, you keep playing old stuff. <laughs> yeah. Jeezy I don't like, even know yeah, what song you play. hits, though. Right, right. <laughs> All right, so let's get into some of this football. It's week 11 action. Um, Cowboys victory. Chargers victory. Oh, man, speaking of that, let me shout out to our sponsor real let's quick go. before we get into the NFL, let's man. Let's go. The Jersey Junkyard. I don't know if you can see Marlins. Jersey, but um, they obviously can't see. You almost got to stand up anyway. Oh, <laughs> Jersey Junkyard gives you the best quality in jerseys, the best pricing in jerseys, uh, everything from authentic on the field to custom on the field, authentic jerseys as well. Football, basketball, baseball. You guys seen my Derek Jeter the other day, his Derwin James, he got on, you know, Cowboy or Charger down. I got the Cowboys, and so this is this is somebody we really rock with as far as. Um, quality and apparel and the best part about it for you guys listening to the show and supporting the show give him the code marlin versus marlin and you'll get 10 percent off from the jersey junkyard for all your jersey needs um reach them at jersey junkyard 2020 at gmail.com and you'll see that at the bottom of the screen if you watch on youtube holla all right so we're going to get into some of this nfl action how about them cowboys Here's the thing with you guys. I actually wasn't going to talk about the NFC uh, least. Oh, as oh they wait, wait, say. wait. Before you even say something, shout out to B. Brown, who's in the chat. Um, he's a Vikings fan. I know it. Oh, you knew that? Yeah. Oh, they lost. We beat them. Our sorry team beat their sorry team that they thought was good. But, you know, that's it. I ain't going to mess with you no more, Brandon. I already tagged you on my post. All right, man. So who's our first guest? So first guest is going to be none other than the host of Shine on Sports on SiriusXM's Mad Dog Sports Radio, Channel 82, from 9 to 12 Eastern. He's also the host of Time to Shine weeknights at 6 p.m. on CBS Sports Network. And he joins us now, none other than Adam Shine. What's going on, Adam? How you doing? Marlon, you are the best, my friend. It is an honor to be on your podcast. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm, I'm good. I'm good. You know, Thanksgiving's around the corner. You know, family, we're trying to figure out everything, but, you know, it's we're, we're, we're alive, we're healthy, everything's going good. So how are you, and how's the family? Family is great. appreciate you asking. Yeah, like everyone else, you know, just figuring it all out, but thank goodness everybody is, is healthy, and the kids are in school half the day, and... You know, Katie, my wife, is, is amazing. She's she's a superhero, though, what she's done. She does all the time, but specifically during the school year, during the pandemic, it's it's pretty amazing. And I hope you and all of the Shine On Sports family and your great listeners on the podcast, everybody's happy and, and healthy as well. Yeah, we're doing good. Doing good. So just getting started, when, when you see Green Bay, we all, we obviously saw what just happened, the, the, the fumble by... MVS, I think it was one of the, the heartbreaking losses that, that the Packers have. When you look at them and you look at some teams like New Orleans and, I mean, even even the Rams and you got Tampa Bay, do you think this is going to be a repeat of last year in the playoffs with Green Bay getting knocked out? You know, it's interesting. Whenever you have Aaron Rodgers, the upside is to go to the Super Bowl, right? I mean, he's arguably, in my opinion, the most talented quarterback who's ever played the position. Right. But they don't have the guys around him. And that's why on Shine on Sports, on Time to Shine, so critical this offseason of Brian Gunicus because they didn't give Rodgers any weapons during the draft. And this was a draft that was filled with talented receivers. And you see how 
Ayuk is playing, how Pittman's playing, and T. Higgins is playing. These were guys that were on the short list. You know, the trade-up for Jordan Love was abysmal, and then backing it up with A.J. Dillon made zero sense. So I'm not going to rule out the Packers, but, you know, those other three teams that you mentioned, they've got more depth and overall talent, and the Rams' pass defense is is amazing, and, and the Saints' defense is strong, and I think the Saints are on track to getting the one seed when you look at their record plus their schedule post-Thanksgiving. And, yeah. you know, Tampa, there's a bit of a front-running quotient to Tampa, but they're upside the Super Bowl. So, look, I, I picked the Packers preseason to win the division, but I didn't think that they would be really, truly Super Bowl contenders because of the lack of talent. Right. Now, they've outkicked my expectations that Rodgers will be a top two for MVP, but... You know, you saw it, Marlon, on, on Sunday. They lost to a better team, and that's why I picked the Colts. And I think that's sad for, for the NFL and sad for the great Packers fans. Yeah, yeah. And then speaking of Rodgers, and, and I think we've, when we look at the MVP race now, for those that don't know, Adam is one of the voters for, for the uh, MVP, Rookie of the Year, all that. So when you look at Rodgers and you look at Kyler, and, and you also can't discredit Russ, I mean, is, is Patrick Mahomes just won this MVP? You know, I love the way you phrase that question because I refuse to declare a winner until all 17 weeks are in the books, right? Mm-hmm. And now I will take the temperature every week. That's always fun. We do it all the time on the radio. Right. You know, and right now as we speak on a Monday, Patrick Mahomes is, is getting my votes. But I'll tell you, it's neck and neck with Aaron Rodgers. And, you know, I wish it was like baseball or the NBA where it was a weighted system, but yeah. I would go Mahomes by a hair over Rodgers. You know, Roethlisberger, he's a star quarterback, MVP of a team that's currently undefeated. Right. So I want to give him some love. Then I think you get into the Russ, Tyler, Josh Allen grouping. Okay. You know, Derek Carr has had an MVP caliber season. You know, who knows what the conversation would have been like if they held on and won. And he was better than Patrick Mahomes on, on Sunday night. You know, that Tom Brady is worthy of conversation. Aaron Donald's worthy of conversation. But to answer your question, if the season ended today, it doesn't. But if it did, Patrick Mahomes would get my vote. Yeah, he's with the way he's playing, it's, it's just been lights out top to bottom. And like you said, you can't really discredit, you know, Ben Roethlisberger. He doesn't really get too much love or, or of course, they're undefeated right now, but he doesn't necessarily get talked about as much as you should for MVP. Now, R- Rookie of the Year, Adam, we did see what happened with uh, with Joe Burrow. I mean, it's it's a heartbreaker to see something like that happen to, I mean, he's a good uh-huh. guy, good, good guy. So, I mean, right now, is it just a race between Tua and Justin Herbert at this point? You know, for the sake of conversation and accuracy, I would throw Justin Jefferson into that mix, too. Okay. Uh, the Vikings wide receiver. Yep. Um, I voted for A.J. Brown last year, so I'm not against voting for a wide receiver for Rookie of the Year. Okay. You know, I, I'd be stunned, though, if I don't vote for Herbert. You know more than better than anyone. I, I was, I've been obsessed with Herbert for years. Right. In yeah. terms of his NFL draft prospects, I, I thought the Chargers hit, a, hit the jackpot when they picked him. I think that he's already shown why he's going to be a star. Not good, not great, a star. He has the athleticism, the rocket for an arm, the decision-making. He's just getting started. Yeah. I mean, they didn't even have a regular training camp. I, I'm obsessed. And, yes, I, I firmly believe when it's all said and done, 
I'm going to happily cast my rookie of the year vote for, for Justin Herbert. Yeah, and I think it's, but also, too, I, I look at Tua, and a lot of people, they're ready to, to, to pump the brakes and pull the plug on Tua because we saw he did get benched uh, this, this past week. So you're a big Tua guy. So even if Tua leads this Dolphins team to the playoffs, should he still be getting a lot, a ton of love for possibly rookie of the year? Listen, I think he should be getting a ton of love. I think we're going to have to see how they win these games and, you know, if they do make the playoffs. But in terms of the eyeball test, yeah, and, and even before last week, you can't compare the two. Look, and I love Tua, and I love Joe Burrow, and I, I love Herbert. And, you know, in a lot of ways, that's not a great take, right, for what I do for a living. But all I right. think all three are franchise quarterbacks. But... You know I had Herbert ahead of Tua in the draft. If oh, yeah. I was Miami, I would have picked him. So, I, I listen, I talked to people at the Super Bowl who thought the Bengals wanted Justin Herbert. And, and Joe Burrow has got hit, and he's great. So, you know, I, I, I think Tua will play well down the stretch. He'll play well against the Jets. He'll play well against the Bengals. But in terms of feel of domination, you know, Herbert to me has been better than Tua Tagovailoa. Yeah. Yeah, so switching over to the Ravens, I think it's it's crazy because when you look at the landscape of the playoffs, the Ravens would actually be out the playoffs if the playoffs started today, which which is insane, especially coming off the year that they had last yeah. year. Do do you feel that teams have just found a way to to guard or to defend Lamar Jackson that offense, or, or or what do you think it is? What's going on with the Ravens? I think that there's some predictability, and Lamar has talked about that. I also think he hasn't done, he hasn't made progress in terms of the deep passes and the deep balls and right. the accuracy. And remember, I talked to Lamar about that before the, season, well, the week of the season um, on Toronto Sports. He said he wanted to do better in that regard. We haven't seen it. Um, I wish Baltimore, in case oh. doesn't ever down back, mm-hmm. you know, they don't really have guys who are friendly. Dobbins could should be one of them. He flashes whenever he gets the ball. I think he needs it more. Marlon, I'm stunned by this. I had Chiefs over Ravens on Championship Sunday. Baltimore, as you said, is not a playoff team as we speak. You know, I, I, I was, I think lost games in a fashion Like, they have leads at home and they blow it. Yeah. You know, we saw that against Pittsburgh. We saw that against Tennessee. Right. You know, the A.J. Brown touchdown, the Henry touchdown. Lamar was sadly right. They, Tennessee was losing more. I don't know how those comments are going to go over in the locker room, but. He wasn't wrong in his assessment. Um, I've been very disappointed in Lamar and the offense of the Ravens and the lack of the Raven way during this 2020 season. Yeah, and then they do have a big test coming up this Thanksgiving with going up against the, the, the Steelers. So, I mean, we'll see exactly what happens with that. And actually, news actually just broke that the Baltimore announces that they have multiple COVID uh, positive testings within the organization. So they're shutting down their facility. So um, <laughs> it's crazy breaking news. But, you know, they, they do have that big test uh, against the, the Steelers. So we'll see if the Steelers will get lucky again or if the Ravens can capitalize on on getting a win uh, coming up on Thanksgiving. You know, switching over to the NBA, first things first, Clay Thompson, I, I, I feel for the guy. As a, uh. as, a, as a hardcore Lakers fan, I just feel for now he has to go two straight years of preparing essentially rehabbing. So I, I feel bad for them. I think the Warriors will still be okay. I still think they possibly still will make the playoffs without Clay. But it, it's just going to be tough. But as, as an NBA fan, you hate to hear news like this. And I love Clay, And, you know, he's a two-way star, a basketball junkie, great.
great defense player. Listen, Marlon, I, I think the Lakers, the Lakers are the team to beat. And, you know, their offseason, even if Clay was healthy, I, I think they would have been the team to beat anyway. But, I mean, you heard me say it on, on the radio show. I was ready to play Golden State number two in the conference. Yeah. And, and that's just not the case. Playoff team, sure. And I love what they did in the playoffs with James Wiseman. But, you know, I, you know this. I love watching stars and excellence and, you know, guys live up to what we expect. And that, that's the Flash Brother combination. It's, it's an all time combo. And that's a fun team to watch. And, you know, the NBA is better. You know, the conversation around the NBA is better when you have the Warriors relevance and dominance and yeah. I really wish you know and for Clay, you remember how despondent he was that he got hurt in Toronto to come all the way back and rehab and then get hurt the night of the draft, a month before the season starts. That that broke my heart. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you know, just switching you you had said earlier that, you know, Lakers, you had Lakers number one. I think with the, the accusations and the pickups that the Lakers did did get within these past few days. I mean, we've talked about this before. Rondo deserved a contract, and I knew he wasn't going to resign, but I'm glad that he got his money in Atlanta, and and I wish him the best. But looking at what we have now, it's going to be very, very hard for me to believe that as a Lakers fan, we're not going to repeat. I mean, you see what, what what just happened with Golden State, and you you have CP3 over in Phoenix. You have you have other teams that are that are forming, but when you look at this Lakers team, they just got better. They got better. I mean, you still did up perfectly. They were Harrell and, and Gasol and Matthews, and I, I love the Schroeder moves. Yeah, I mean, he's he gets buckets. That that is a tremendous under the radar pickup. And look, I love your point about Phoenix, right? Chris Paul is a perfect pickup. You know, I think Portland improved. That Portland loaded. You know, I, I I think the Clippers have top heavy talent. I don't love their chemistry. Uh, I think you think Pilu is that's a good move in terms of having him as a head coach, right? You know, and there, there are teams in the West that are going to surprise you, right? You know, Dallas is going to be tough on on any time you play Absolutely. them. And, you know, the Pelicans are moving in the right direction. Denver. The Nuggets are loaded. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this Western Conference rolls deep, but I think if you pick someone other than the Lakers, you're just reaching and wanting and searching. They're they're clearly the best team in, in the NBA. And then last question for you, looking at the landscape of the the Eastern Conference, we've seen, you know, Van Fleet stayed and he re-signed, and, and we've seen, you know, uh, Miami down there, with Gorn, he stays. You see a lot of other teams forming. Philly's making moves. They got Doc and, and all that. Dwight goes to there. I don't think that's a great fit, but, you know, Dwight goes there. Yep. When you look at the Bucks, did they do enough to keep Giannis, or is it just championship or he's gone? You know, it's a great question, right? And and Giannis, to me, if I was advising him, I'd sign the Supermax. You know, Milwaukee's a great town, great sports city. Uh, you know, I, I love the Drew Holiday pickup. It, it stinks for them. They can't figure out a way to make up Donovich situation work. You know, I think I think they're in the mix. I, I think Boston clearly got worse. Um, Miami's going to be in the conversation. No question about that. I love the season. Down Doc Rivers error in, in Philadelphia. Yeah. I think they've done an excellent job. You know, the draft, the Seth Curry deal, getting rid of that potted plant that was Al Horford. That was a big positive. Right. Listen, if I'm if I'm Giannis, the true holiday moves and the fact that they made it, 
you know, that tells you know, he's a better ball player as a second star than than Chris I, I happen to love Drew Holiday and I love that Milwaukee. If I'm young, I'm looking for reasons to stay. You know, I want to sign that contract and I'm not risking three, so you know, I think it's two separate questions. Enough to win a championship, I'm skeptical. Enough to have Giannis stay and think of the favorite to the East, I can make the case that's enough. Yeah. And, and I, I think we'll see. It's, it's definitely going to be interesting. I don't, as far as in the East, I think the East is wide open because you, you have Brooklyn, you have you have Miami, you have a ton of teams that could possibly make it out. I'm not sold that the Bucks will make it out, but we'll see how everything plays if out. If you ask me right now, I would take Brooklyn. Seriously. Yeah, Brooklyn, As yeah. is, they brought back Joe Harris. I, I think, and I, I happen to love the players around Kyrie and KD. Right. You know, let's assume, and I believe it, that KD comes back and he's Kevin Durant. You know, Dinwiddie, Reverts, Allen. Uh, curious to see how it works with Steve Nash. I think with his smart flyer, he assembled a great staff. I mean, right now, I think I picked the Brooklyn Nets to win the Eastern Conference. Yeah. And and I, I I wish they would keep it right now. I wouldn't entertain the Harden talks. I honestly don't think that would work at all. Um, you, you got your two stars. You, you you bring Harden in. It's going to bring a whole other dynamic to the team. Kyrie is going to do Kyrie things. And I honestly don't love it if they even brought him in. Just just leave it how it is. I think you'll do great. And, and, and go off to the Eastern Conference and lose to the Lakers. That, that's how I look at it. <laughs> <laughs> I like how you throw that in at the end. Yeah, yeah. Lakers. That's perfect, Marlon. <laughs> but, uh, Adam, this has been great. Uh, once again, we appreciate you for coming on and taking the time to break down some uh, NBA and, and NFL. And, you know, NFL, um, of course, got Thanksgiving coming up soon, and NBA kicks off in about a month. So uh, we'll be listening. We'll be tuning in. But, once again, thank you for coming on. We really appreciate it. Marlon, for you, anything. And, and really, thanks for being such a great part of the Shine On Sports family and, and our show and appreciate everyone who always listens and, and calls and interacts and thank you for everything, Marlon. It was an honor to be on your podcast. Nope, not a problem at all. We'll talk soon, Adam. You got it, Marlon. All right. Wow. Thanks for not letting me ask any questions. You want to go ahead and talk about y'all game? I mean, yeah, I wish we y'all division? Lost. I wish we would have lost. That, that's man. what I said. So, so the Chargers, <laughs> the Washington football team, and the Cowboys – all got their third win when we really should have lost. I mean, even though we got a W, it's almost like we have a nail. So, um, but yeah, but anyways, let's go to some relevant teams that actually matter. So with, with the Bucks, it seems as if Tom Brady, his, his arm isn't there. He can't throw past 20 yards. I think it was, um, I don't know why you keep 20, saying that. 22 incompletions. It's the truth. He, <laughs> He made he made some throws. One that Antonio Brown probably should have caught. Um, it, it, he was he one for twenty for passes over twenty yards. One of twenty. Now, so he now, all all, the, all his passes that he makes are all little screens, quick slants. All, but one and he only had two hundred and sixteen yards in the game. So I'm not saying his Rams defense made this Rams defense look like the two thousand Ravens. I mean. The Rams' defense isn't that great. You got Aaron Donald, one of the best players, but Yo, that's you, why I'm talking about Brady's arm. You like can that. twist these stats up however you want to do it, but just like when, just like when we were losing all these games in the beginning of the season, and Dak was, we're Dak not was talking leaving. about that. No, listen, listen. Okay, I didn't cut you off on your terrible stats. What so don't cut ter- how's that? Ter- it's facts. So, so listen, 
all these throws are at the end of the game in, in desperation time. Like, how many passes get completed at the end of the game when you're down by two touchdowns or whatever the case is and you're trying to make a, a crazy comeback? Like, that's easy to throw that stat out there. How many of those were in the they first three even, quarters? They weren't even down by that much. How they many of those they were, were the down At halftime, they were down by three points. No, that's why I said at the end of the game. Well, the end of the game, he had a last-second pick. I mean, but on the last drive. But other than that, it wasn't like they were down three touchdowns the whole game. All I'm so saying is... So, one for 20 on passes over 20 yards. Brady, that's one of those ESPN stats that you see that LeBron James is 47-1 no, when he comes back on a Tuesday night after not playing on a Monday night because the Wednesday before he played, it, it, he always wins. It, it, was, it was simple as that. Another stat for you since you want to talk about me in stats. Whenever Sean McVay's Rams are ahead in halftime, they're like 22-0 and 0 whenever they... They play so. That's, not, that's pretty good, Sean. True. McVay. Well, not if you're the Ravens. So transition king. So <laughs> you like that, huh? Been telling y'all about so Lamar. If if the playoffs started today, the Ravens would not be in the playoffs, which is crazy. Which is crazy. So, and they got a big game coming up on Thanksgiving Day against the Steelers. They they got the Steelers got a little lucky last game because the Ravens were a little off and they ended up beating the Ravens, which that was a game that they they should have gotten their first loss. So. I mean, is is and Mario, then on top of that, and then on top of that, a few of the guys got COVID too as well. So uh, on the Ravens, Mark Ingram and and uh, J.K. Dobbins. So I mean, it's this game seems like it's Pittsburgh. To, Pittsburgh's to win. Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, I mean, ten and zero going in. It'll be a close game as they always do together. Um, have the close close games, but. I've been screaming this since Lamar came in the league and when he won his MVP and all that stuff. He's not winning you football games like you need your quarterback to win you games. It seems like teams are kind of figuring out how to defend him, how to do the, the prevent defense, and, and they want to try to make you beat him or, or beat them with, with, your, with his arm. And essentially exactly. he's just not – it seems like he's not developing or he's not progressing, if you will. So I've been trying to tell y'all this. And they're not even using Mark Ingram as much as they did last year, which doesn't make any sense. But it's crazy to well, think that's that. That's what happens when you use your first-round pick on another running back and you feel like necessary to get them the ball, too. They should have got a receiver in the first round. Even if the even – Shout with out the, to Dez, though. Sorry. Yeah, got his first catch since 2017. Yeah, I think he had yeah. a couple catches, man. Just good to see him back on the field. He, I mean, he, he might be a step slower, but he's just as strong, just as physical as he was when he last played with us. So – yeah. Uh, shout out to you, Des. See you at Bottle Blonde in the offseason. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, as we look at it now, the Steelers, number one in the AFC. Then we got the Chiefs, the Bills, and the three seed Colts, Titans, Browns, and the Raiders uh, make the last wild card team. Now, the Raiders, it seemed like the Raiders were getting ready to beat the Chiefs again, but when you give Patrick Mahomes a minute and a half, that's just entirely too much time for him to score. I mean, that's too many bananas. weapons. Too many. It's it's too easy for him. I don't. With 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 all let's, those weapons. Let's let's throw this in there too, and the rules, the way they're set up. Rule? What rules? Not being able to touch the receivers. Not being able like anything. I and he and nothing. Not, it wasn't the rules' fault while they while this drive happened, but it mm-hmm. makes it damn near impossible. Like he, <laughs> I looked up and it was a minute and fifth, twenty seconds, and I'm like. Oh, this is going to be close. Uh, like, you know, they might kick a field goal to go to overtime is what I was thinking. Like, he'll do good to get them in field goal range and send it to OT. And then 
37 seconds later, he's scoring a touchdown. I'm like, oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, but I also say shout out to the Raiders, though. Because the Raiders, the Raiders are. For what? The Raiders are good. I think the Raiders are a good football team. Not good enough. Not good enough to beat the team that's probably going to win the Super Bowl. But, and they actually did beat them. They've given them their only loss this year. So, um, I I don't know, man. I think they'll be right there in that in that second or third wild card spot um, with at least a shot at it. Rules is rules, Dre. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it came down to a close game. But at the end of the day, I mean, when you look at just the landscape of the, the AFC in general, even though the Steelers are playing as, as good as they are, I don't even know if we have a, a matchup between them in the regular season, but um, that definitely would be a crazy matchup to see those, both of those offenses. And the I mean, Steelers. they're more. And on top of that, Steelers and the Chiefs, and, and even Le'Veon Bell is finally trying to find a role. He's getting more playing time in this offense, so it's good to see Le'Veon. It's, I, I don't like the Chiefs at all, but it's good to see Le'Veon as one of my uh, favorite running backs in the league. At least, kind of find a role in this team. We know he's not going to be there next year. At least. He's going to have to take way less money because with Kelsey getting his money and the quarterback getting half a billion dollars, Tyreek Hill, it's, it's, I just can't see him knowing Le'Veon he's going to want to get his money. So so we'll see how that plays out. Le'Veon better stay there and try to win some more. We'll be we'll back see. in New York with the other sorry football team. All right, so the Saints, the number one seed in the NFC. I was really pissed about this. Jameis wants a midseason scratch, and then they put – Taysom Hill in there. Why were you pissed about that? Just be, just imagine if you were Jameis. I'm just giving an example. You're Jameis. You, you're preparing all week, and then on Thursday you figure out that they're going to put Taysom in there, which your arm is better than his. He is a Taysom is a, a great athletic person, if you will. But overall, I mean, that, that's this team was. I think they brought him in possibly preparing him to take over whenever Drew Brees retires. But with Taysom, I mean, he's not – Taysom is not a great thrower. I mean, he had like 200 and something yards. I mean, he's, he's a great runner. Just stick to what you're good at. But for some reason, Sean Payton wants to make him the franchise quarterback. I don't know why. I'm appalled. <laughs> he, he went out and won his team a football game. Against the Falcons. Come on now. It's the Falcons. He, he went it's out the here Falcons. and won his team a football game. You've been praising Tua Tyler Gavoga for the past four <laughs> weeks, and he ain't done nothing yet. And this guy goes what's, out what's and went name? tagly and voo, 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 voo. And, like, I don't, I don't know. What do you want from this guy? He's a better, he's a better football player than Jameis Winston. Football player, he, yes. He quarterback, not, no. He's, 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 a Tim, he's Tim Tebow with a better arm. He, no, Tim Tebow has a way better arm than, than Taysom. How many games... How many games did Tebow start where he threw the ball, where he threw for over 250 yards in his career? He probably had a bunch. No. But also, in his he, career, in his career, are we talking college too? No. Oh, okay. Well, you said his career. Yeah, his NFL career. Okay. I'm not talking about college. Okay, I'm about and to just say. The fact that you I gotta pull, ask I that, pull. Just the fact that you got to ask that answers my question. <laughs> uh, uh, all I'm saying is oh. Taysom is not a great, and I think we all know he's not a great quarterback. He's, he's, he can fit almost any system. You can put him in, and, and here's one thing that's going to hurt them in the long run. Taysom helps spread the offense out because he's able to throw and run. But now, with him being a strictly quarterback, he's not able to line up in, in all these different places. He can line up on the end over there like Drew Brees does whenever Drew Brees and Taysom are in at the same time. But no more lining up at tight end, running back. He can't do none of that stuff no more. So He doesn't need to. He just 
won a football. But game. you just played the Falcons. Like that again. They're a team that where are they down here? The Falcons are last place in the NFC. And you're praising them for beating the Falcons? I'm praising them for winning a football game. Like you don't see me raving about us beating the last place Jets. Jets don't have any wins. Okay, then. The Falcons got three. That's three more than the Jets have. <laughs> and just as many as you guys have. Oh, you guys have four now. Now we got three. Oh, yeah. Right. yeah. <laughs> yeah we right there with three. All right, so. Um, and then the Falcons just come off a win? No, nah, I don't think so. Like the Falcons just beat somebody. I doubt it. I doubt it. And the last thing before the we. Uh, the week before the bye. That's true. That's true. And then, so, so the MVP race. We, we've, we've been talking about it every week. It seems as if Patrick Mahomes is running away with it. You kind of can't discredit what Rodgers is doing. It was a tough uh, last-second loss, last-second fumble against the game against the Colts. But it seems like it's just a one-man race at this point. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I'm watching that game, shout-out to Derek Carr, man. If it wasn't for, if it wasn't for the, the interception he threw at the end of the game, they would both only have two interceptions on the year. He's not doing offensively with the production that uh, Mahomes does, but those two have the two least amount of interceptions in the league. So that's the only reason I wanted to shout him out. But, yeah, he's not. Greg. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> hey, send that to me. So I, can I, I ain't sending you nothing. <laughs> send that to me. I ain't sending you nothing. Greg. Greg, Greg always watching me. Greg, Greg might me, not comment as much as Greg. Greg always be watching me. However, like nah, send he it on Facebook, no. whatever, so I can put that on the video. Greg chat. can't. Greg can't send nothing to nobody that's um, friend. But yeah, I, I think he's running away with it again. Like you said, Aaron Rodgers, um, the Seahawks. I don't know, but I, I I do think he'll be in the conversation too, Russ. So right. All right, so we'll go ahead and uh, get over to the NBA. And I'm a, I have oh, to what? agree with B, B Brown too in the comment section. I don't think Jameis would have won that game because part of what Taysom does is is like he said he didn't turn the ball over, and and with that better it's the better Falcons. throw, but I, that doesn't Come mean anything. Jameis Winston had thirty interceptions last year. But how not many every, how many touchdowns every, did he have? Not every team he played against was you, the you Patriots or the Steelers. Like you can't. But how many touchdowns did he have? I guarantee 30. you, he was at least in the top. Probably ten. See, and, hey, and hey, you see how you guys do. This is this is how he always does me. Whatever. The same reason Jameis Winston is a better version of Ryan Fitzpatrick, but you don't care that Ryan Fitzpatrick will throw touchdowns because he turns the ball over. But all of a sudden, it's Jameis Winston who's. I think Jameis is a better quarterback than Taysom Hill. His coach doesn't. Yeah, for some reason he wants Taysom to be a guy, but I don't know. So. What else you got before we get in the NBA? Nothing. In the NFL. Y'all going to division? I hope not. I hope we don't win no more games. Yeah, I was but- watching that game so conflicted, man. I was like, what? Like, bro, why? Why do you guys want to start winning yeah. right now? And then we got, we're going to have a good game again on Was- against Washington. Washington, yep. That's a, a, a scary game because it's winnable. It's here, right? Yeah, it's here. It's here. They Same already house, beat yeah. us there. Yeah, so I don't know, man. But let's let's go ahead and get to this NBA. We got a ton of ton of contracts, a ton of ridiculous contracts. Um, new faces, new same faces, new places. And then as far as the Lakers, with all the Lakers picks up, I mean, it's it's, it's looking it's looking scary. I mean, is so you ready to say uh, repeat for the Lakers? Um, I don't know. I'm not ready to say it just yet. 
Okay. They're they're definitely the front runner right now, though. They better be. Right, right. All right, so now we'll go ahead and get to our next guest. This is going to be Mark. Mark was the one that actually predicted that the Heat would go to the the finals uh, earlier in the season before actually pre-bubble, actually. So uh, what's going on, Mark? How you doing? What's up, fellas? How y'all doing? Mark, what's up, bro? Thanks for joining us. What's up, man? Thank you for having me, man. Of course, Love listening man. to y'all. Can't wait for this to be up. Yeah, yeah. So, Appreciate it. Man, looking at the draft, was there any what, – what were some of your biggest takeaways from the draft? We've seen where a lot of the, the – at least for the most part, the top three players went. Whatever order you want to put them in, they went in the order. But you see, you know, somebody like, you know, Patrick Williams going to the Bulls, and you see other, other players. So what were some of your biggest takeaways from the NBA draft? Man, you hit it right on the head right there with that Patrick Williams pick. Um, I didn't see that one coming. Uh, I, I mean, I like him, but I thought Obi Toppin slipped a little bit too far. Mm-hmm. And for me, um, I think GMs were are thinking it a little bit too much, thinking it you know way too hard. And I think wing defenders and guys that are in that six seven to six nine range are coveted way more than actual skilled basketball players. Um, I think teams want to get way more length, more athleticism, and they can work on the skill part later. So that Williams pick, honestly, like that was the one that, that scratched my head and, and the Hawks passing on Toppin, I think. I mean, looking looking back at it now after free agency, I think they've done some great things as far as, as putting a team together. But um, Collins and Toppin, to me, oof, in the East, that would have been nice. Yeah. Yeah, I think that was I think that was part of their decision though. They felt like they had somebody very similar to what Obi Toppin does already in uh Collins. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, and I thought um if they took Toppin and, and maybe Toppin, you know, was really good, then you can trade Collins and get a lot for him. And doing that, you know, they said forget it, we'll just keep Collins and, and you know, take a guy that maybe we can work with and help improve and but picking up Rondo I think for them was that was even better than and anything they did in the draft. I think that was a perfect fit for him. Um, I know there's a lot of steam with him and the Clippers, but mm-hmm. anytime you can add a Rajon Rondo to a young team um, that doesn't know how to win, you're you're going to come out looking like a smart GM. You get better. Absolutely. I, think, I agree. I just I, The reason I don't like Rondo is because Rondo's a fourth quarter, a winning, like he makes winning plays in the fourth quarter. And I don't think you can play him and Trey Young together in the backcourt in the fourth quarter. Um, yeah, no doubt. Like that, that's going to make it really tough on the defensive end for you. Uh, and, and Rondo's a great defender, but Trey Young is, you know, six foot one, one hundred and sixty pounds. You know what I'm saying? Like he's not, yeah. he's not somebody you're going to throw at at one of these bigger guards that they're facing in. But I don't know. I think it'll be good. I think he is good for the locker room. Um, I hope that Trey Young learns a lot from him. I'm already very high on Trey Young, as you guys mm-hmm. know. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah. Yeah, I, I think Rondo can come in and, and maybe take some of that pressure off in the fourth quarter as far on the offensive end to where Young can maybe move without the ball a little bit more. Um, he can get it down low to Collins. And, you know, we'll just see how it works. I just I really like Rondo as a player. Um, he's not looking to shoot first. He pretty much knows where everybody needs. Oh, I guess his call dropped. Um, so we we'll just go ahead and keep going. He'll call back. One of the biggest things that that I, I love, I'm just glad he didn't go to the Clippers. 
because the Clippers that they're just that was gonna scare you. They're just one piece away from being. They were just one piece away. Yeah, from from being threat. Serge is not the guy. Uh, Serge is not the player that he once was. But I mean, I, I, I think Serge helps him though. I think a lot of Laker fans are kind of sleeping on that. I think Serge, the Serge pickup is. Uh, I think it's a, Serge is a decent as Mark joins us back. Serge is a, a decent pickup, but it's not going to get you over the top. But with Rondo, Rondo would have been that one piece that would have at least helped bring everything together and kind of get some control in the locker room. And because Kawhi, Kawhi will sit there and yell at everybody, you know, on the on the court. You know, remember that time when he passed it to. I think it was, um, I don't know who it was. He was like, I passed the ball for that S, you know? And it's just like, but with, when you get somebody like Rondo who has just so much control over the locker room in general because of his presence, he's a uh, two-time champion. I mean, it would have been a good piece. I'm, I'm just so glad he didn't No, I think it would have been a good piece. But what I'm saying with, um, with Ibaka is more of a basketball fit. You got two guys that work very well out of the mid post, and you've got the bigs in um, – Boban and Zubac, who who cannot spread the floor, you know, mm-hmm. who don't space the floor at all. And even when you had Montrez, he's another guy who doesn't spread the floor. But when you put Serge Ibaka out there, he can defend the floor in the five position on another team and also and opens kinda, up the middle. He can shoot a little bit, too. Open, shoot a little bit. He shot career high like 40% sh- last year from three. Sh- shoot a little bit. <laughs> shoot a little bit. <laughs> anyway, well, yeah. So so I think that's why that it kind of opens him up offensively a little bit more and gives him versatility on defense because Zubac and, and Boban aren't guarding those guys, those fours and athletic uh, fives. So I think that's why he helps him. But I think losing – uh, losing out on Rondo, I think losing Montrez, uh, possibly losing Lou Williams, could hurt them a lot. They in trouble. Could hurt them a lot. Go ahead, Mark. Oh, I'm just hoping I got y'all back on a clear signal. That's yeah, all. yeah, yeah, we good. <laughs> we, we good. Um, yeah, I, I was just hearing what y'all were talking about, and and uh, I think the Clippers losing Trez, I think that's big for them. Because even though they get Ibaka, which I think Ibaka is better than Montrez Harrell, um, it's just some dudes with just fit right for that team with that heart, you know what I'm saying, that that toughness. And, and Trez was kind of holding it together until they got to the bubble, and you kind of saw how each person, you know, saw each other. And I think there's a lot of things about Kawhi and the way he was getting treated, uh, PG and the way he was getting treated, and, and guys that work hard, they don't really know how to sit there and say these guys need it. They're superstars. So, yeah, I definitely agree. I think Rondo not going to the Clippers, I think that was worse than, than Trez actually leaving. I think they needed a backup point guard or just a point guard that, that can facilitate for that team. You can't let Kawhi do everything for that team. And then all of a sudden when Paul George has been quiet for two quarters to expect him to heat up. Yeah. And the thing that Ronda would have done that I like for the Clippers that um, Beverly doesn't do is Beverly doesn't create offense for others. Mm-hmm. He, yeah. He's like a defensive guy. He's He has developed a jump shot where he can, you know, knock down like one out of three or something like that here, here and there. Um, but I don't think he creates enough offense and take that pressure, to your point, off of Kawhi at any point or off of Paul George. And I totally agree. Like anything Beverly gives you offensively is a super bonus because he's known for defense, you know, on the ball pressure. You know, he can go the full length of the court 
once you inbound the ball and he's just a little gnat, you know, like he, he won't he's go supposed away. to get he in your head. But offensively, it's just like you said, he's not looking to create. You know, he stands off in the corner on the offense and, and you're pretty much playing a four on five when you're on the offensive end of the floor. So, yeah, yeah I thought Rondo, he can, he proved in the bubble his shooting is, has improved from three. Um, if you give him a wide open three, he'll take it. Where in the past, you know, he was looking, you know, Still for somebody else, pass. but yeah. he'll he'll take it and he'll hit it. And Beverly, I can't count on Patrick Beverly to hit a wide open three. I just if it goes in, great, great for them. But I I don't sit there and and you know make sure that one of my guys is is always knowing where he is on the offensive side of the floor. No, if I if I need to run a, a help, I'm definitely coming off of him. Definitely, definitely. Oh, yeah. I'll even do a hack of shack on him because he can't even prove he can make free throws. Right. Yeah, he's so it's a liability. Yeah. So going over to the other team in LA, I mean, with all of the pickups that we have, I think one of the we we said we're gonna talk about some ridiculous contracts. KCP, three years for forty million was stupid. I don't <laughs> I I don't feel and I mean stupid in a bad way. Who? KCP. Oh yeah. He he's he's somebody Danny Green, he two years for thirty yeah, you know, coming into the season, you might have thought that was an okay, okay move, and then as you see him in the season, we're just like, okay, we, we, I think he, we knew he was gonna get moved, um, towards the end with the way he was playing, basically, really in the bubble and all that, but, um, but we, we did pick up Wesley Matthews, Marcus Saul, um, Morris is back, obviously Montrez and uh, and Intruder, and also too, we're waiting for AD to sign back. I mean, I, I just, we definitely got better. Can I say something? That I heard today that I don't know how likely this is, but him, I think it's worth mentioning. Him going to Brooklyn? No. I've heard today that Giannis not signing his contract and kind of holding out on that max extension with Milwaukee and AD waiting to sign his might have something to do with one another because they're thinking that if AD only signs a one-year deal this year, it'll give the Lakers enough room to go out and get uh, Giannis next year. That's what I heard today. And then, and then that, that kind of gives them a one-two punch as LeBron walks off into the sunset in the next couple years here. So I don't know what the likeliness of that is, but that's what I've heard. They, they've been in conversation, the two of them, the three of them. You know how LeBron works and, and deals and his boy Rich Paul. So I, I don't know. That's, that's something I heard. And so just keep an eye out on that. If he doesn't sign that max extension in Milwaukee, but I heard I listened to NBA radio too. I heard that you know what yeah. I'm saying. Um, they were talking about the one on one where they can have some team control over AD, where he might sign for a little bit less to make sure that cap room stays open. But here's the thing: like Miami is trying to sign Bam to a to a long term and six years max. Yep. So with with Giannis and all the hoopla about him going to Miami, why would Miami sign? Bam to a long term and put all that money into him when they need the money to get Giannis. So I've also heard that the AD situation, um, they're trying to see if they can do some last minute, you know, maneuvering. But I also heard that if Miami is willing to give Bam the extension right now, they probably got wind of Giannis signing the Supermax. But none of this is over because, like we talked about a few episodes ago, Giannis can sign the Supermax and then do a sign and trade, right, just like right. KD did with the Warriors and D'Angelo Russell. Um, it makes the most sense for everyone involved when when you're drafted by a team like Giannis has to Milwaukee. You know, like you you feel like there's some type of loyalty 
there, even though you know you need to leave. So why not get paid the most I can get paid, but still end up on the team I want? So I still think he'll sign the Supermax, but people in Milwaukee need to realize signing the Supermax don't mean nothing. Nope. That just means you, you got him for another year for show. And, and it means but you'll get something back anywhere. for him. It means you'll get something back for him, too, when you end up trading him. And he doesn't exactly. just walk away for nothing. Um, I agree exactly. with you. I think the only thing that I think will, if he doesn't sign that, I think there might be some legitimacy to the Lakers story. Because like you said, he could still get traded unless he knows like a team like the Lakers won't be able to trade for him with that kind of contract. You know what I mean? So I think yeah. that'll be that'll be kind of telling if he doesn't take that money. Yeah, I think if he doesn't sign, that actually gives him the choice to go wherever he wants to exactly. go. Like He's not exactly. going to give Milwaukee the, the choice of sending him to the best package available. You know, like Even though he can sign the Supermax and request a trade, it's just like Houston with, with James Harden. They don't have to trade you. You're under mm-hmm. contract, so well, we can trade you wherever we want and get what we want. And if he doesn't sign that Supermax, that is super telling because it's going to be, I'm going to pick wherever I want to go. I'm going to give every right. team this year to get ready, you know, to make all the moves they need to make and start recruiting people. The one thing with the Lakers is he don't got to recruit nobody. He's got LeBron there. He's got AD there. And those three right there can get it, you know. Yeah, those three right there can do whatever they need to do. You know, they can sign out ball boys and go out there and win, yeah, you know, facts. 50 to 65 games. So so I got a question for you. We, we're talking about the James Harden situation here, and I think Russ is in a pretty similar situation. Um, and then John Wall also asked for a trade. Like you said, these like a guy like James Harden is still under contract. The way the NBA has kind of shifted over the past, you know, six, seven, eight years – who do you think has more of the leverage in this situation? Is it the player now or is it still the, the organization? Because essentially you, you could say, yeah, I still have James Harden under contract, but if James Harden doesn't go out and give you 36, yeah. like if he, if he decides to just go out and take Half 20 shots it. a game, yeah. like or sit out, you know, due to soreness. Uh, what do you think about that? I still think the players have all the leverage because teams can go out there and make a trade for a dude, but eventually he can decide, you know, the fate of the team, you know what I'm saying? Like the team still has to trade for the guy, which means I'm going to give up all these assets, but then I got to make him the most comfortable and try to get him to stay here. You know what I'm saying? Like the effort for the team, even after you trade for him, you still have to make that effort to make it worthwhile for him to stay there. So I still think the players pretty much have, you know, all the leverage in this situation. They might not get to go where they want to go at first, but they know in the back of their mind, I'm still making the money. You know what I'm saying? And I'm still going to hold this team hostage because, I mean, look how many dudes get second chances, like Blake Griffin. Uh, Blake Griffin gets hurt every single year. Mm-hmm. Now, he's developed, you know what I'm saying? But at the same time, he still ended up getting his deal, getting traded to a team that maybe he don't want to be at. But he was still in conversations this offseason when they signed Grant and Plumlee and they were like, well, maybe we could ship him to Denver and off that contract. Like, if Blake Griffin wanted to leave right now, the Pistons are going to have to trade him. So I still think the players still have the leverage when it comes to demanding trades and things like that. John Wall, if I was his agent, I'd be like, hey, bro, look, we know this ain't been the best situation. We know they don't have the most talent, but this team cashed you out, rehabbed you as much as they could, you know what I'm saying? And... Let's just be honest. Like, what has he done to sit there and really be like, I'm, I want to go. 
You know what I'm saying? Him and Bradley Beal, they didn't get along. The team said, look, we can work this out. Like, they honestly have tried to do more than most teams. They, you know, trade their line come. They're a borderline playoff team. They went for it. Um, they did let Otto Porter go, which doesn't look like a bad deal anymore. So I still think the players have all the leverage because they know in the back of their mind they've already got paid and they can still determine what's going to happen to that franchise. Now the franchise can go out and trade for the guy, but they have to do everything in their power to make it comfortable to them, to make everybody else feel like they're a part of the team and they're not getting treated you know, better than everybody else. And they have to win. So fans will show up. And also, too, pressure, you got to think man. of like just you, you got a good agent. You're going to make it happen. So look at Gordon Hayward. Look at oh, his agent. my God. Yeah. We that were boy gonna... told that dude to decline 34 million and he still got paid. Which is, I mean, this dude is missed. <laughs> this dude is missed. I don't know. 142 games in three years still comes off with a contract like that. Yeah, that was that a... boy. That boy signed a long term deal. Sorry to cut you off. He signed a long term deal. Broke his. Broke his leg and dislocated his ankle on the first game of the season, trying to go for alley oop. Still got paid, and still got paid again after declining. I mean, whoever his agent is, everybody needs that clutch sports. Rich Paul ain't got nothing on Gordon Hayward's agent right now, boy. Man, it's I, I seen some people mad, especially in our group, in, in one of my group chats, man, about uh, Brandon Ingram getting a max deal, and I'm. I'm thinking, man, after seeing Gordon Hayward's deal, he need two max deals. Brandon Ingram, I, I signed him twice before I gave man, Gordon Hayward that money. If people really want to complain about these these superstar players getting money, go take a look at Solomon Hill one time and look at his contract that he Hello. signed when he was with New Orleans. <laughs> he got cashed out. And a lot of that guys, dude man. Mike Conley's one of them guys that stole money. Mm -hmm. There's yeah. a lot of guys. Mike Conley was Maybe one of the first guys to get $100 million. million. Yeah, yeah. Not a million contract, so... Um, going back to Russ, Russ and Harden, I'll just ask you this. I mean, I honestly don't think they're even going to get moved this year. I don't. I think it's going to be too much to get Russ over to Brooklyn. They're going to want so much back, and I think Brooklyn isn't willing to give up uh, their young core. I mean, do, do you even see it being a scenario where they just keep both of them and not even try to trade them? I think they're honestly trying to move both of them, but they need – I think the Russ deal – it's easier to get done because let's just look at Russ for who he is. Mm -hmm. um, high energy, but I mean, the jump shot is just, it's gone. It's, it's not even there. Um, and with Harden, you got to get a ton back for me to trade James Harden, man. I'm sorry. I just signed him to a max deal. Look at what New Orleans has been doing with less. They got, I swear to God, they got like 30 first round picks in the next like five years. I don't know how they're 80. doing this. Yeah. Yeah, they got a million first-round picks, and they've depleted their team and gutted it two years in a row. Um, I don't like the fit at all in, in Brooklyn unless you can get rid of Kyrie. I think Kyrie is the one where he's so – you know what you're getting out of KD. He may be – you know what I'm saying? He may be soft, and you know what I'm saying? Like, you may be able to talk smack to him, and, and get, but you know what you're getting on the court. Kyrie takes his off-the-court mentality onto the court. And that's just going to kill a team. I agree. And if you bring Harden into that, I just they can win in the East with all three, but I don't know if they can win a championship. So if I'm Houston and Brooklyn is the only team offering something, I need multiple first-round picks. It doesn't have to be in one year. It could be over a span of a couple years. I need Dinwiddie. I need Levert. 
I need Allen and throw in whoever else you want to throw in to make the contracts work. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. And then also, too, with Russ. I mean, we'll see what happens with that, too. But just go over some of these contracts real quick. Donovan Mitchell and Jason Tatum both get five years, 195. Uh, I think we kind of knew. I think Tatum was Tatum was up. And, uh, and Donovan Mitchell, I think he was – I don't think he was going to go anywhere. I think he wanted to stay in Utah. So uh, they both got, got max extensions. We just talked about Gordon Hayward. Brandon Ingram, he just got his money five years. Bam, we're still working on that. Van Fleet stayed in Toronto. I was curious to see if he wanted to go and test the market and go elsewhere, but he got four years, 85. Oh, he did test the market. They just threw him a bag. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, he said, he told, he came out and said, you're going to have to pay me. I need that money. And they did. Yeah. He got his feelings hurt a little bit by other teams, but, you know, I think he ended up where he needed to be yeah, for the price that he needed to get, you know? Mm-hmm. Right. It worked out for both. Yeah, so Al, yep. Al Horford ended up uh, – he went to the Rockets. I didn't think that made any sense anyway from me with the 76ers. It just didn't – the fit didn't seem right to me. Al Horford needs to retire. The fit doesn't yep. – it, it wasn't right in, in Boston. Boston. It wasn't right in Philly. It's not going to be right in Houston. Mm-hmm. Like, you're not running no pick and roll 60 times in a game with Al Horford to pick and pop. Like, mm-hmm. what – this ain't – what are we doing? Yeah. That's why I think I that's why I think the Rockets are going to trade at least one of those guys because everything they did last year with getting make going small ball and then what they're starting to do with going to get him doesn't make sense to me. You know what I'm saying? I don't I don't know. Yeah, yeah I, I think I think Russ gets moved. I think before James gets moved. I think James will get moved this coming off season. So once this year. Uh, plays out, I think he'll get moved in the off season because with the pandemic, we don't know, you know, like we don't know where teams are going to be able to cover all this stuff that they got to pay. Um, except, except for the Warriors. I mean, our owner don't care. He's whatever, bro. Like we'll go over the cabin. We'll pay a luxury tax for whatever it costs. We don't care. Yeah. But these other owners, man, they not like that. Like even the Lakers, like they're still trying to, you know, piece a little, you know, Something, something here, something, something there. We'll mm-hmm. keep AD right here. You know, let's sign Kuzma to a long term. It'll be cheaper now. Like some teams just don't think like us. You know, like we we know what it's like to win multiple championships. I think James gets moved once this season is over. Um, but I think they're they'll do everything they can to try to win like what forty something games, get in as like a six seed, and say, look, James, like. We got the right coach, you know. We got rid of Maury, and we got rid of Dan Tony. Like they're gonna, they're gonna go hard to sell him if he sticks to what he wants, and is if that's to get out of Houston, they'll move him during the off season when they have more, way more time, and maybe a normal off season. This hasn't been like your typical off season. People don't, people didn't know where the draft was gonna be like three weeks ago. Are we even gonna have a draft? Like we haven't even scouted these guys. We haven't seen them play. Like let let the season go by, but I think Russ is definitely getting moved. Um, I think they did that just to make James happy. Um, I didn't. I don't know why they did it. Russ is making a lot of money to do what he does, and right. I mean, granted, like when KD left, like he had to do all those things. Like he had to get triple doubles for them to be able to win. But his shooting percentage has just plummeted every single year, I think and Russ it's is not lot, getting no better. I think Russ is a lot like Giannis. I know it sounds weird to say, but it, it's it's a style of basketball that that suits the regular season, and when yep. it comes playoff time, it's just hard to win games that way. 
Um, yeah, I mean, he does everything, a lot of things great, but does he do one thing so much better than the next person? Like Giannis does a lot of things great, rebounds, plays defense, finishes at the rim, um, causes defenses to collapse on his penetration. But if you put him out in space and say, hit this open shot, <laughs> you know, like you're not going to get consistency there. But And even if you put him in a half court and say, make a play, it's tough. Yep, exactly. And you see what Miami did. They just said everybody stay in the middle of the floor, make them kick it out, and make them hit threes. I mean, you can take all threes in the world that you want. You got to make them. So if you give a team 50 threes, they only make 12 of them. I mean, you're actually ahead of the game because now you're not getting three-point plays. You're not getting easy points at the basket. You're not getting people in foul trouble. You're not getting you know free throws. You're not getting any type of rhythm. It's just dish it out and clank. And when yeah. dudes start missing, it's hard for them to, to get that ball to go in the hoop. So, right. I don't know, man. Like, I love Giannis, but the more you watch and, and the more I watch in the bubble, and I'm not taking anything away from him, he deserved both MVPs. You really have to put a lot of great players around him that know their role, that aren't scared of the moment when they get the ball in their hands. And you saw it with Milwaukee when – Every other dude got the ball in their hands. They didn't know what to do with it. It was like, oh, 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 oh. There's eight seconds on the shot clock. Should I shoot it? Or it was just, it was bad. And and once that ankle went out, that was all she wrote, man. Right, so right. I see the same thing with Russ. You know, like Russ, I like Russ. Like, I really do. I like him as a player. But in today's NBA, it's almost hard for him to go to a team unless they're all rookies to where he's an alpha dog. But – Mm-hmm. He don't. He's not consistent enough on offense, you know. what I'm saying to really fit in on a lot of teams. So there's to me there's only like four teams that he could really go to and and actually help. But James, you could put James on any team because he can score from anywhere on the court. Right. And right. You, right. you can you can mask that defense. You know you can you can double up on people and and you'll take the offense over the defense anytime in the NBA. But I think it's easier for for. Uh, James to play somewhere else than it is for Russ. Like, he's going to have to go to the perfect situation. I think, honestly, that's Charlotte. Charlotte needs to go get Russ because they got Melo there. They got they finally got rid of Bacon. I don't know if I like that because you got Melo's on, on-ball player, whereas Harden. I mean, we. I don't know that I like that too well. But I think Melo could hit a, hit a shot if he's wide open. You know what I'm saying? Like, James the, the problem with Charlotte, they have Monk and Bacon in the backcourt, and they're kind of like the same player. And they needed to get rid of one of the two. And with them, they, they're they trying to do what they can. They're not a big market. Nobody wants to go to Charlotte. But if you can trade for a Russ, you at least got one big name. Let Russ come in there and change that culture, that losing culture a little bit, and be like, nah, because you know Russ is fire. He comes in there yelling at everybody. He don't care. So let Russ go in there and get get them do some attitude, let them win some games, and and I think you can start bringing some players down there. Cool, cool. Well, Chad, I mean, oh, Chad, <laughs> Mark, we appreciate you for joining, man. Uh, yeah, we'll see how everything plays out, and uh, yeah, once again, thanks for joining. Absolutely, appreciate uh, it, bro. For sure, man. Thanks for having me. Look out for the Warriors this year. Wiseman's gonna be a beast. I got y'all in the AC. <laughs> <laughs> You go, you go, you go. Learn today. You go learn. Maybe seven. Maybe seven. (laughs) All right, right, we'll talk to you. Y'all have a good one. Happy holidays. All right, you too, man.
right. Yeah, man. Um, other than that, it's a Tyson fight this weekend. Is that this weekend? Uh, the twenty eighth. Yeah, this weekend. Man, Roy Jones. I hope he got life insurance. I hope they got like a code word to stop the fight. Yeah. I hope his corner has three towels to throw in ready. Tyson looked like he just he ready. Man, I just watched an interview. Not an interview, but a podcast with Mike Tyson and Boosie. Did you see this one? Is it... Because I know he used to do one where he used to smoke. And Man, all I know is Mike Tyson scared me talking to Boosie. I guess Boosie did something that Mike Tyson didn't like. Mm. And Mike Tyson just went on like a mini rant where he was like, like, yo, this is the problem with these people. They don't know who they're dealing with. Like, mm-hmm. I'm a savage. Like, I, I really will hurt you like <laughs> like I will end you that's what I do this is this is who I am mm-hmm. and Boosie was like man I got kids bro <laughs> he was like man I, whatever I basically whatever I did to right. bring this out of you my bad my fault yeah and I was watching this clip like bro Mike Tyson might be the scariest person in the world Mike is Mike is that dude he's still he's gonna show on Sunday or Saturday night he's still that dude so but we'll see, man. Other than that, that's all I got. Um, happy Thanksgiving, everybody. It's safe. The Lakers got better. Of course. Safe holiday. Um, and, yeah, we'll be back. Are we on next week? or? Uh, who knows? We'll see. Probably. We'll play it by ear. I was supposed to get a break this week. so There's too much stuff going on. I know on. I'm not getting one next week. Too much stuff going on. It's going to be a lot more going on next week. And then we got uh, the NBA. NBA starts on the 22nd. So, Oh, we got plenty of time. Uh, yeah, we got plenty we got of time. A couple weeks to take off. We gotta do pregames. Pre pre we gotta do predictions and we gotta do playoffs and seeding. We and already all that did stuff, the predictions. So. The Lakers are gonna win it. The Warriors are gonna be the eight seed. And the Suns are gonna be the I was about to say where the Suns go. The Suns are gonna be the seventh seed. We'll see. They might flip by. If if Chris Paul stays healthy, they could make it. The Heat, I like the Crowder pickup. The Heat losing Crowder is a big deal. But the Heat getting Avery Bradley. Is, not, is a great deal. Takes minutes away. Takes minutes away from Gorn. Takes minutes away if from Gorn. Oh, they lost healthy. Kendrick Nunn too, didn't they? Did, no, no, no. I'm sorry. What's the the young boy, the lefty, the one that was starting and then got COVID? Anyway, they got three or four guards that need to be in the game. Tyler Hero and Avery Bradley doesn't score the ball nearly as good as any of those guards they got. But he, yes, can, he, he can, but he can defend one of your best players that takes pressure off of Jimmy because Jimmy normally guards. Well, Crowder normally does. He's gone. Jimmy would be that guy, but now you're bringing an Avery Bradley who could still do that stuff. So you're so. bringing, you're taking away a six eight, six nine bully, and you're bringing in six two. He's six five. Avery, Avery, Avery got a good six five. He got a good six five. Yeah, but with NBA socks and shoes on, I'm, he might be, huh? Hey, I'd be, I'd be five ten. <laughs> oh well, by that measuring, yeah, Avery Bradley's six six. <laughs> oh, all right. Other than that, we'll catch y'all next week. Peace! We out! I'm trying to get them M's. One million, two million, three million, four. In just five years, 40 million more. You are now looking at the 40 million boy. I'm raping Def Jam till I'm the 100 million man. R-O-C. Where you wrong? I came into this motherfucker hundred grand strong. Nine to be exact from grinding G packs.
shit in motion. Ain't no rewinding me back. Could make 40 off a brick, but one rhyme could